Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another episode of Friends from Work, a podcast about all things in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, hosted by me, Robbie Earl, and my good friend, Kyle Sconewell. Now, we've had a little bit of a break, yep. Kyle. We had, we had kind of a Marvel Mania month, really, if not more, and uh, it's been a, little, been a little quiet. I've seen some folks talking about getting those MCU withdrawals. How you doing over there? I am getting some withdrawals. I'm getting some friends from work withdrawals, too. Um, missed you guys. Sure. Missed you. Haven't talked to you as much. Felt weird. True. It does feel weird. This is the calm before the storm, for sure. We're finding out that this Marvel content is kind of driving these massive, massive hype weeks and then lulling for a little bit where we're, we just catch our breath, basically. Just kind of like... Right. Re- and... What's funny about that for me, Rob, is as you can probably hear, my voice is totally shot. My version of catching <laughs> my breath, quote unquote, is I went to a family reunion in Northwest mm-hmm. Iowa, where my family is originally from, 60 of us, and we stayed at a college, and I just went hardcore for three days. So my voice is totally shot. <clears throat> I've tried to give it some that. time to recover, but this is what you get. This is me bringing it. So this is not going to be the longest Friends from Work episode, but just a little quick, let's reconvene, okay? Just a little, you know, it's, 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 it's been a bit. We miss you guys. Just, we do. Let's hang out for a second. Um, All right, geez, it doesn't have to be so structured, Kyle. Sometimes we can just hang out with people <sighs> via audio. All right, right, come on. I do miss everybody. Um, my family is constructed of giants. So, like, when I say I went hardcore, <laughs> like, we're all Dutch, which is actually the tallest people in the world. Beaten up all weekend. Yeah, so I just got physically destroyed at sports and uh, <laughs> and a lot of yelling and a lot of games. And uh, so, anyways, I am exhausted. My flight last night, for those who care, got super delayed from Sioux Falls to Nashville. So, I'm not exaggerating. I didn't get home until 3 a.m. last night. On Monday morning. Jeez. So that's why this episode is a little delayed. And for anyone out there who has toddlers or six-month-old like me, that can be a challenge. So you're way past their <laughs> bedtime. So, Robbie, thanks for keeping your thoughts and prayers. I'm here. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to catch you. people up. And, uh, yeah, how are you? Man, I'm good. Uh, we Candace has been out of town um, doing a bunch of really cool work. Actually, in your 
not current neck of the woods, but original neck of the woods. She's been up in Michigan. Feels like everyone's getting to enjoy the Michigan summer except for me. Yep. I told you we need to go there at some point uh, during the summer. That's true. We still need to make that happen. Maybe they can shoot a film up there and then we'll go cover it. Exactly. That's, I feel like the, uh, that's the next logical step for friends from work. You know, we started out recording wherever the uh, directors and writers of these films (laughs) hailed from. And so now we should just start recording where the films are actually being made, like really get ahead of the ball on that one. (laughs) Right, right. So you probably, Uh, uh, you probably going a little stir crazy without Candace. Oh, well, I did. But the beauty of that, this is what tends to happen for me when Candace is out of town. I work a bit more because there's just, I, you look up and the clock's going by faster um, because there's nobody there to kind of pull you out of it. But besides that, I normally watch the things that I know Candace is not going to be as interested (laughs) in watching, um, which often turns into me. I'll normally watch one kind of new thing, like one show that I know Candace has no interest in seeing that people have been telling me to watch. And then I'll watch, I'll rewatch some element of the MCU because normally <laughs> I, I've, I've got enough separation from something that I'm like, oh yeah, I mean, I need to rewatch. Um, so what was and that? The show and this the, time okay. it was WandaVision. Finally. Oh, finally. And well, I, you know, I, I re, I watched all the, I watched all the episodes twice when they first came out. And then I don't think I rewatched anything since since the finale, which is kind of crazy. And I know you had rewatched and a lot of our listeners had told us that they had been rewatching. Um but I had done a rewatch on Falcon Winter Soldier and you and I had that whole conversation um a couple weeks after that show ended. But uh how to feel? Part of it I mean it it felt it felt really good. Part part of the impetus for me to do that was we we asked this question in our Slack channel, kind of in response to a lot of what I felt we were seeing online, specifically in in our social media world, of people coming out and saying Loki is kind of far and away the best Disney Plus show. Like I saw so many people saying there was just no contest, and so I was like, well. I know I have a, a memory of WandaVision being really good. Now, I'm not, I, I'm not in a position to... I, I wasn't necessarily saying it was better than Loki, but I was like, I definitely felt like it was close. And one of the things that, that you had said and that some of our listeners said that put WandaVision over the top for them was these like emotional moments that hit mm-hmm. so deeply. I mean, mm-hmm. the stuff that you and I had talked about kind of when we were covering that show. Mm-hmm. And I, I fully, I fully agree there. Like I felt that stuff, I think in some ways, even, even more than initially, I, you know, we've talked about how once you kind of are out of the suspense mode and can go back and just watch the story unfurl with a bit more context, sometimes things will land more for me specifically. And that was definitely the case. I mean, I was like, for sure, tearing up during the last scenes of the finale and I thought, you know, also, I thought the sitcom stuff held up really well as just like, I saw so many people saying Loki made bold choices that, that none of the other shows have made. And that's just kind <laughs> of a wild thing for yeah. me to hear. <laughs> yeah. Watching, like, the entire premise of WandaVision is a bold choice. Like, the, maybe the boldest choice. Like, it's such a weird thing. And you can tell by how many people were initially so caught off guard by it, you know? I th- like, I, th- I think that's sort of a sign. So I 
am doing the opposite right now. I was trying to finish Loki rewatch fully. I only made it through the first three before this flight uh, fiasco the other day. Um, so I'm rewatching Loki after having watched WandaVision, I think two or three times already. And I think I'm just coming down. Wow. I sound terrible. Um, I think it's just coming, (laughs) coming back to, it's going to be a little bit of a pick your poison type thing. I think. Yeah. Like if you really, really resonate with those emotional moments and that's what you're wanting, I think WandaVision was higher for you. And if you really were wanting something that like pushes the MCU forward and is like big picture, Mm -hmm. then Loki is probably going to be it for you. And that just got, that actually transitions me, Robbie, perfectly into something I wanted to talk about. One of the things I wanted to do today was just quick dive through our Slack and do a what's popping on our Slack channel. And oh, yeah. so I just got some random things here, but one of which um, is that someone posted the current Rotten Tomatoes scores of all the MCU movies. Like, so just to see them ranked by Rotten uh-huh. Tomatoes was really interesting for me. Oh, that is interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw that. And one of the things that's I keep coming back to is I think this is why I like to do two rankings almost and we're not going to rank loki today spoiler alert by the way yeah we, today i just want to catch you guys up on some stuff it's not going to be super long i'm going to hit you on a few things and then we're going to come back to loki more fully when i have more time to process the entire rewatch okay yeah we we had talked about trying to rank today but i do think that i think that i i would like to to rewatch it as well and so i think that that's fair wait we can come back and have a, a more informed opinion i think Right. But the reason I like the two scores thing is because in my brain, I almost want to rank every movie based on I am totally just a critic. I don't care about the MCU. How was this as a film? And give that a score out of 100. Remember when we used to do that where I give it like a Rotten Tomato score? But I'm realizing that I don't think I want that to 100% correlate with my favorite MCU list. (laughs) Like, and I said this before, like, an example, okay? Winter Soldier, if I was a critic, is like a 96. Like, there's almost nothing I can cr- right. criticize it for, but it's, what is it? Number 10 for me or whatever. Maybe it's 11. I uh-huh. can look. That doesn't make sense because the movie's above right. it. Like, I would say WandaVision is maybe like a 94 because there was some a few tiny things that maybe make it a little more flawed i guess i mean i don't think that but like a little bit more than winter soldier but wandavision Mm -hmm. is six for me right right and i think that's what's going to end up happening with loki too is like wandavision and loki to me on this rewatch especially both have tiny little flaws you could poke at and it just kind of comes down to what's your preference like i might be able to say loki is loki's score might even be higher but preference could be lower (laughs) basically yeah, that's so so you're talking about having a a ranked list where the scores don't necessarily correspond to their placement in the list. Yes. I'm I'm just realizing like as I go through my list that if I were to give everything a number score like I used to, mm-hmm. like it changes it for me some. Where the where the I, numbers are not necessarily just from a hundred to zero, top to bottom. Yeah. I know it doesn't make sense. Like Iron Man no, no, at this no. point is, or like here's a good example. The Avengers is also dated at this point in some uh-huh. categories. 
but I just like it more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I think I actually really like that idea uh, because that's one thing. I mean, we've talked about that since our very first episode about the, the complications around ranking these things. And I, I do think that there has to be a place for just purely subjective. Like I'm not putting on my, you know, what is, is the best possible film making here, but rather like, what do I just have fun with? And I think like those have to both come into play because again, like that's the whole point. Like you can't constantly be looking around and trying to score something based on how it would hit other people because then like you're you're never actually like weighing into it yourself. So I think there has to be space for that. But I think that also like it's helpful to be able to recognize things like there are films that are just clearly better made. And I think that it would be silly to pretend that that's not the case, even if those aren't the films that I'm going to turn on all the time. And again, like Winter Soldier is a, is a perfect example. Although I probably watch it a little bit more than you because, you know, obviously Team Cap. But yeah, I think I, 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 like, I like this model. I like it. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'd be, uh, I'd be open to exploring this. Well, well, it's not going to like fundamentally change my rankings. I just kind of had stopped giving things a number score like a year ago. And I wonder if I need to come back to that. Okay. On Rotten Tomatoes, this is going to get a little bit confusing because I'm looking at them all right now in front of me, but you out there listening probably aren't. So it's a little hard. I'm not going to read all the numbers all the time. Um, and then also these Rotten Tomatoes scores are not including the shows yet. So it's just 24 of the movies, but like, for example, Black Panther's number one on the critic score at 96% followed by Endgame um, mm -hmm. at two, but like a couple of interesting things, right? Like Ant-Man and the Wasp is number 12 with an 87%. So Ant-Man and the Wasp is higher than Infinity War at 13. That I saw that. That is 85%. wild. That so is wild. I think this is the helpful thing about Rotten Tomatoes. For me, Rotten Tomatoes is basically a barometer of is it good or not? Like, I obviously quarrel with Infinity War being 85 because it's my number one. To me, Infinity War is like a 99. But I know what people are probably complaining about with that movie, critics-wise, just right. the score-wise. But as long as something's kind of above 75, that's what's helpful about Rotten Tomatoes to me is that it's good. That like, mm -hmm. I just want to see that like it's good on the fan side. Well, and by the way, I want to add too on the critic side, it's pretty similar to what we have, you know, like for the most part, you and I agree with yeah. the placement. I mean, like I don't have black Panther one at all. It's a major difference, but like the top 10 is pretty much our top 10 ish. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I have black Panther pretty high. And uh, um, Ant-Man the Wasp being 12 is not the same as us, you know? That's, but, like, yeah, it has Captain well. America 1 at 17. That's almost exactly where I have it. You'd probably qu uh -huh. quarrel with that. Um, <laughs> Guardians 2 at 14, that's too way too high. Um, but, you know, Thor Dark World <laughs> is 24, last. That's about what we have. Thor Dark World is better yeah. than Incredible Hulk, though, at 23, which, you know. Yeah, you know, I've seen, I've seen lately... There's something about about film Twitter and specifically Marvel film Twitter where if something is disliked long enough, there will eventually be a thread about why it's actually underrated. Like yeah, it'll, it'll come yeah, out at some, yeah, like every yeah. single thing, and eventually you're like, okay, everything can't be underrated. <laughs> like, <laughs> some things have to be correctly rated. Some things are and, rated. 
<laughs> like I, I saw one going around with Incredible Hulk the other day where people were like, I don't know, I think it's actually one of the best things that Marvel's done. And I was like, okay, all right, guys, let's just take a second. Let's <laughs> to, let's reassess our uh, our yeah. priorities here. There's enough hate that eventually gets so much love that's whoa, 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 whoa. To quote Michael Scott, right. well, Jen, maybe next time you'll estimate me. Uh, I really <laughs> underestimated you, Michael. Um, okay, but then really quickly, on the audience score front, um, like another interesting thing, Captain America 1 is 21 of 24 on the audience score. So critic score, Captain America 1, 17. Oh, and here see, it's that's 21. interesting. So like that's just not huh. very high. But then it's still yeah. 74%. So it still is like I would watch it. Like go watch it. Mm-hmm. That's the difference of the Marvel films. Okay, but Spider-Man Far From Home is the highest audience score? 95%. That's crazy. That's crazy. Because I hear, I hear so many people... Right, there's so many loud Spider-Man, original Spider-Man lovers that rip on the MCU, right? Yeah, especially Far From Home, I think, because of the ways that, like, the whole Peter becoming the next Tony thing, which we've been over in our episode. But yeah, like, I'm surprised that the audience score specifically is so high on that. Like, I I can maybe see the critic score being, which I remember that one did get pretty good reviews. And I like it, by the way. I'm not saying I'm surprised because I don't like it. But yeah, like I see people all the time within, again, the little bubble of, of Marvel film nerds um, sort of hating on that one. So that came as a surprise to me. I think the audience score has to be taken with an even bigger caveat because there's so many factors that influence that. Like, let me read you this. Spider-Man Far From Home, Guardians 1, okay. Winter Soldier, 3. Guess what's number four? Sure. Black Widow. Oh, 92% wow. at number four. Now, the critic score of Black Widow is 16, and I love Black Widow, so you'll you'll find out more about that when we go through our rankings. But mm-hmm. that's that's just straight up some recency bias. That's all I, that is. Yeah. Right there. That's like, hey, yeah. we haven't been to the theater. Um, it's it's so good, but it's not the fourth best movie in my no, opinion. No, for sure. For sure. Although I will say, as a brief aside, I also rewatched Black Widow this week. Um at home not, or in the theater? At at home. Um not not just out of my own uh, desire to rewatch it, although I probably would have anyway, but I had family in town that hadn't seen it yet, and I kind of hated not going to see it in the theater, but there were other reasons why we needed to watch it at home again. And, um, yeah, I, for what it's worth, I'm, I'm realizing I like that movie, I think. It, well, everyone in my family loved it a lot, so I'm not saying that. But, again, looking at kind of the online response, I think that I like that movie a lot more than most people, maybe. Not to say a lot of people disliked it, but I just that's fresh on my mind because we just watched it two nights ago, so I had to throw that in there. I'm Same a big here. fan. Lastly, Ragnarok at 10. Okay, come on. Um, and we've <laughs> talked about that, how some people just have this picture of Thor and that wasn't it. Um, right. Black Panther at 16. So 17 spots basically lower than the critic score. Um, yeah. Yeah, so just kind of interesting. We're somewhere yeah. between there. I think, well, you know, I, I guess the summary of all this is just listen to the friends from work rankings. I think that's the most important ones. That's the ones exactly. you need. <laughs> we're here to help you. <laughs> you know, we're here to help you sort through all this garbage and just tell you what the, how it really is, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, our rankings are the most important to me, so. Um, so we'll come back to our finalized rankings probably in a few weeks or so. Um, okay, now... 
a few other things that are popping on the Slack. First of all, shout out to two of our listeners, Tolbin and Grace. They are out right now doing some scouting for us, basically. First of all, Tobin went and visited the Endgame cabin. So, okay, the cabin that Tony Stark lives in in Endgame with Pepper is mm-hmm. on Airbnb. Did you know that? I, okay, I saw that he was going to visit. I didn't know it was just on Airbnb. It's That's on awesome. Airbnb, and now you can rent it and stay there. And then part of that That's is, so I dope. guess that entire area, you can take tours now of set locations, not just of Marvel, but of a ton of films. But Tobin mm. went down there, and if you haven't seen it, go look at it. He took 20 pictures recreating scenes, and it's so oh, funny. Like, you can go fun. to the Loki TVA. Uh, it's a it's a downtown uh, Atlanta hotel, as we saw in the assembled thing, which we'll get to in one second. Uh-huh. But it's really funny. There's, like, a Porsche uh, car. I don't know, not museum, like, dealership. And that's, uh-huh. like, the Avengers Tower, like, the flatter one in upstate New York. Huh. Yeah, just super funny. So kind of cool. That's cool. That's cool. So anyways, and then Grace pointed out that they're shooting a scene of Black Panther 2 in her hometown. I saw that too. That's so awesome. So I said, Grace, go and down so there and random. get some photos for us. That's that's real hardcore scouting. No, that's cool. I wonder what that looks like. I mean, surely they... they uh, yeah, they won't let her just wander on there, <laughs> probably. Well, yeah, yeah. But I'm wondering like what that process... Lo- like I've never been around a film set that's as you know whenever we had Matthew Barry on and he's talking about everything that goes into preserving the secrecy um I I wonder like how much walling off they have to do oh. to make that happen I mean huge I think I think that's one of the reasons besides just the financial reasons that's one of the reasons I think Marvel's doing a ton of this in Atlanta is because just logistically it's a lot easier for them to shut down tiny little streets in a in a rural town in Georgia than it is in LA. Because yeah. I, I do think they have to like partition off entire blocks, you know? Right. Anyways. And then lastly on Slack, another thing I found interesting, um, you guys have been posting some really fun Loki final thoughts. I don't know if you saw this. Couple things. Um, first of all, the intro credits of the Loki finale synced up with the actual visuals of all those dialogues which is kind of yeah, fun so you can I actually see, see it. Um, then somebody synced up the end of Loki and the end of WandaVision. Did you see this? I did. I, and I I also saw Kate Heron has addressed that. Did you see that? No. Tell me. So, for, well, first off, you should, you should, before we talk about it, tell everyone what we're talking about. Okay. So somebody took the end of the finale of Loki where the multiverse starts branching and they synced it up with the end of WandaVision. And it seems like right when the multiverse is officially opening is when Wanda then hears her kids' voices, which would make sense. That's the part I can buy. They then go deeper into that with theories about the exact timing and the colors of space, how, you know, space has like a reddish hint. Is that Wanda? And it's like, okay, I think that's a little far. Right. That's the summer. So, yeah, no. I, well, it, it is, I mean, it is crazy that it syncs up the way it does if you watch it. Um, and it's cool. But Kate Heron said that at least from her end, it was entirely coincidental. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> you just rained on my parade. <laughs> so, I mean, she, you know, she could be tricking us. Um, but, and, you know, who knows if, I, I 
I think she was telling us that she was working on the last episodes of Loki even as the first one had already premiered. So I'm sure yeah. there was no way that WandaVision folks could have done it the opposite way. So if Kate Heron's saying it's coincidental, I think that it just winds up being a, you know, a really cool coincidence. But hey, I you know what? Like sometimes Marvel's run with that stuff. Yeah, I was going to say so. the exact like sync up doesn't matter to me much, but I do think the premise could still be true of yeah. what they're trying to get at with the sync up. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, and that that raises something that I want us to talk about next time when we come back to rank Loki. And I'd be curious to kind of hear from folks and between now and then. I am I am still I've gotten a lot of questions about what our watch order is going to look like for for the kind of post end game stuff. And I I had initially said that I really liked WandaVision as the the first thing after that final scene with Cap and Peggy is just kind of a reset. And I still do, but I feel like Loki has thrown a major wrench in that for me. I know a lot of folks on Slack feel very confident in their watch order. I think a lot of people are doing like Falcon Winter Soldier and then Far From Home, uh, WandaVision and Loki or something like that. Um, but oh. I... Uh, I don't know. It's 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 just getting it's getting kind of strange and I'm realizing that so much of the watch order for the Infinity Saga was informed by being able to see the entire picture that it's yeah, going to be really difficult to kind of make it up as we go here because things are especially when we're dealing with with timeline splits and the multiverse right. and all of that but so just a little PSA but I'm curious to hear what other folks are thinking as they're kind of making recommendations to folks that are watching through it for the first time. Right. And the, I mean, the logical thing is we often go to the chronological order a little bit. Now our list is not exactly chronological, but it mm -hmm. does make some things a little bit easier. And now chronological is getting very complicated <laughs> in general. Right. So right. yeah, yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, last couple things real brief here. There's, a couple fun Loki leftovers that I think let's get to next week. But um, one, people are discussing a lot about how in the final Citadel, there's those four statues and one is missing and destroyed. Mm -hmm. And is there significance in that? You know, because we've seen the three timekeepers. It's never been in fours. Did Kang have to remove somebody? Is that symbolic of Kang killing another Kang variant or he who remains killing a Kang variant? Huh. Um, yeah, interesting. We'll get into that a little bit more. Yeah. And then lastly, on the Loki front that we'll get into next week, I watched Assembled, uh, the Marvel Studios Assembled thing I did for too. Loki, behind the scenes, which I thought was fantastic. I know that's yeah. more my scene than yours, I know. I think that's fair to say. Um, I yeah, don't know what it is, but I just love watching the behind the scenes. And I, I think my big takeaway is I love... Again, we've said this a hundred times, but the care that Tom Hiddleston has yeah. for Loki as a character and the show in general. Like he was a, yeah. I mean, at least they presented that he was a massive part of the behind the scenes of the show. Yeah, I, I was, I was a huge fan of this one in particular. I think I told you I finally got to watch the WandaVision episode probably a month Isn't or two it ago. Good? Oh. But yeah, I mean, that one's great because you see the studio audience and all that. I still haven't seen the Falcon Winter Soldier one, although I want to. But I wanted to go ahead and watch the Loki one before we talk today. And it was like, it was just so fun because Tom was 
in character kind of half the time. I mean, he's wearing the the Loki wig. I guess that's a surely that's a wig. Um, well, he narrates it too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's. But yeah, you're right. I mean, the conversations he's having with Owen Wilson. There's so many cool things production wise that we can talk about. But just the level to which he wanted to to walk everyone else through what he valued in the character. And I just really liked the focus on his journey through the MCU, like the the way that he goes back to when he was first cast for Thor. They show that footage of him auditioning as Thor, yes. which was really fun. Uh, and then, like, the fact that they have footage from his first ever day wearing the Loki costume is just such right. a cool thing now, like, given the impact that that's had and the impact that that he's had. I thought that that, I mean, because th- that to me was something that we didn't get as much in the WandaVision assembled. I'm not saying that was worse by any means, but I just, re- I like that element a lot. And yeah, you're right. I think he seems to be so invested and it makes me really excited that that we're getting a season two because I, I think that he's kind of wanting to make sure that it it carries forward in a certain way. I think in a weird way, Marvel Studios has built their entire culture off people like that and vibe like that where Robert Downey Jr. reflects on this and says like, this was the role of a lifetime and it really helped save my life. Mm -hmm. And Tom Hiddleston can look back and you can see he's genuinely emotional about where he's been. I just love hearing that it means as much to them as it does to me. (laughs) So every time they do that, I love it. Um, Right. Okay, so that kind of transitions me perfectly into my last bit of housekeeping here. I I saw somewhere online that starting, what is it, August 11, when What If officially comes out, uh-huh. I think I saw something that said, and don't quote me on this, okay, this is not science, but that we were going to have a new Marvel piece of content until 2022. <laughs> So I think I saw I, that too. I think that August 11. So basically, just don't sue us if we're recuperating right now. Okay, yeah. we're getting ready for so the like R.I.P. Robbie and Kyle. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so starting August 16, like I said, we're going to be back on Mondays, and like we said, we're going to have content for literal years. Um, yep. So yeah. Robbie and I are getting the chance, humble brag here, to see what if in the next few days, the, the mm-hmm. first three episodes, which is going to be so fun. So we'll probably have some kind of preview for that. And then August 16 is what if stuff. And then once we start August 16, we're only two, three weeks away from Shang-Chi again. So right. back to the double dip. Yeah. And that's actually a perfect segue because I, I was going to give us a little brief Uh, sort of what's new in the MCU in terms of what we are looking ahead to because there were a couple of things confirmed in the near, near future. Uh, We're getting some more info on What If. You and I, like you said, are about to get way more info on What If. Um, But there have been some interviews that have come out and it's just, it's looking more and more interesting to me, uh, which is fun because I, I think you and I both initially been sort of neutral on the show when it was announced. I mean, relatively speaking, obviously any of the new Marvel content is fun. But I think now it sounds like a really, it sounds really intriguing. And, And again, it's looking like they're 
seeing this as another opportunity to kind of push the boundaries, like you've been saying, where I, and that's kind of all I think we can ask for. Like they're, they're saying that each episode, there's an interview with the, with the head writer saying that he feels each episode is, is either much lighter or much darker than the average MCU film, uh, just because of the opportunities there when you're dealing with a kind of closed off thing that doesn't have to affect everything else. And we've talked about that before as one of the big differences between Marvel historically and DC is that Marvel large in large part due to Stan Lee always wanted like everything to matter. And that's carried through the DNA of the MCU, especially through a lot of the stuff the Russos have done. And I think DC has struggled some with building their own coherent universe in on the film side of things because I think those comics have always really thrived because of their ability to have different continuities or resets all the time. And I think both kind of have their own merits, but I do think this is kind of a fun opportunity seeing that they're taking this like they're saying one episode is like a political thriller. They said one is like an Agatha Christie mystery. And some have like straight up kind of horror elements, which I think is fun because we've talked about how that's something that that we're getting Waldron into a and, Yeah, yeah. I mean, Waldron and Raimi are, are looking at for Doctor Strange. So uh, on top of all that, there was an interview with uh, Victoria Alonso saying that they are are not only making new animated shows like we talked about a couple episodes ago, but they're sort of creating this whole little mini uh, studio within the MCU, within Marvel Studios, that's going to be devoted to pumping more and more of these things out. It's obviously really early to kind of make any calls on what that means, but I do think, again, it's, <laughs> one, there's going to be so much content. <laughs> and because without any of those shows announced, it already looks like there's going to be, there are going to be very few weeks off for us in the coming years. Um, but also, again, I, I think that we've seen with shows like Rick and Morty the kind of really interesting things you can do with an animated project that you can't do with a live action, um, both because of monetary constraints, because of visual constraints. Um, so I, I think it's I think that's fun news. The only other thing I was going to say is uh, looking ahead to kind of the end of the year, like you're saying we are still waiting for an actual announcement on on dates for Hawkeye and Miss Marvel, which are yeah. the, the final Disney Plus shows. Yeah. which is strange. Um, which is strange, but I saw, and I'm going to be like you, don't necessarily quote me on this, but I, I saw that they are reportedly confirmed to both come before the end of 2021, which I think was the original projection. Yes. But yep. given that we haven't heard anything, I know some folks had written in wondering. And so given that, looking kind of into the next few months, that means we have What If, then like you said, Shang-Chi coming while What If is still going. Then we're going to have potentially, I, I would think, a Disney Plus show, either Hawkeye or Miss Marvel, then The Eternals, then I would guess another Disney Plus show, either Hawkeye or Miss Marvel, and then Spider-Man No Way Home. And it's already almost August, so... yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, I, I could fully believe that we don't have another week off after August 11th. Okay, couple things. I got to just say, if you liked listening to Robbie reference those interviews, 
I just got to say, you might want to stay tuned to Friends from Work when the What If era starts. Let's just say some of those interviews could potentially stumble upon Friends from Work table. I don't know. No, I'm just going to throw that out there. Secondly, yeah, the content's crazy coming up. I think they're going to put Hawkeye and Miss Marvel out still this year. If you remember, even Loki changed dates like three weeks before it was going to come out. So clearly they are going to be more fluid with the with the show side of things than they are with the films. Because like yeah. Spider-Man, we already have a date and we've had a date. Um, but not a trailer. And that's what I was lastly going to say. I, I just think I was wrong last week. I thought it was coming last weekend. There has to be a trailer, I think, in the next two weeks. If, if you don't hear from me in two weeks, I think there's going to be a trailer. Um, or let me rephrase that. If I do another episode, there will be a trailer <laughs> as soon as we're done with it. So um, I'm thinking it's coming soon, which is going to be amazing. So, so much coming up, so much to do. As always, guys, thank you so much for supporting us. We'll be in touch soon about the crazy things we're going to try to pull off in August and September. Um, stuff I think you're going to be excited about. So thanks for hanging with us. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, follow this podcast wherever you get get your podcasts. And don't forget you can follow us on social media at the FFW Podcast where we try to get to your messages, your comments, your questions. And you can join our Slack, which is in the show notes. That's where where we get a lot of this content we're referencing. And lastly, we have a website, the FFWPodcast.com where you can support us financially, which would be a huge help to the podcast. So thank you so much from us. We'll see you next time on Friends from Work.